GT. Ooh, a lively crowd. I like that. I like that. I like seeing the smiles on your faces this morning. I know you braved this cold weather to come out, but you know that just shows dedication to God. Amen. It shows how much dedicated you are to God. And I'm glad you're here this morning. And I'm also just tickled pink that I get to bring the message to you this morning. Amen. So let me just start off by introducing myself. I'm Pastor John Cook, and this is where it all began for me at. This is where I gave my life to God, and this is where God changed my life and took me on this journey. And today I just want to um, bring a word from the Lord that I believe that will, will bless you, that he wants to bless you, and it is entitled, All You Need Is Jesus. Because that's all that we need is Jesus. Amen. You see, God does his, his work on this earth with ordinary people in ordinary everyday situations. And he can take an ordinary situation with ordinary people and he could kick it up a notch and do some extraordinary things. Amen. You can be going about your regular everyday routine and then God will be like, bam, I'm about to kick him up a notch. She's just like that uh, Emerald Lagasse on the cooking show. You got, I know a lot of people work at the cooking show, right? And he's sharing his recipes and putting them all together. And then he's like, all of a sudden, well, let's, let's, let's kick this dish up a notch. And he throws this spice in it. And he's like, bam. And what he's doing is he's changing that dish from something ordinary to something spectacular. And I think God is like that. You see, all of a sudden in our regular routine, God will look at you in all of his, his wisdom and, and power, and he decides, bam, I'm going to take him or her up a notch. Amen. You see, God can bless you in the blink of an eye. He can change your life in the snap of a finger, and he can work a miracle in and through your life. And this is exactly what happens in our text for this morning. And our text comes out of the book of Acts. And it's about some ordinary people, ordinary men going about their ordinary, everyday routine. But God uses them to do an extraordinary thing in somebody's life. So let's read from Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So here we have in verse 1, where it talks about Peter and John and what they were doing on the regular routine about going into the temple to pray. And they encountered this crippled man on their way in there. And he was doing what he regularly did, was sit there and beg for money. <clears throat> but I want to stop here for a minute, because I want to talk about this regular routine. And as I was working on this message, 
the first verse is not where I was focused at about Peter and John um, going to the temple to pray at three in the afternoon. My focus was mainly on the miracle and the meaning for the miracle. But I kept being led back to that first verse. And the Lord would keep me there for a while. And then he put in my spirit about the importance of corporate prayer and how corporate prayer is, is, is overlooked in the church today. See, because in the early church, which, which is the background for our text this morning, devout Jews and Gentiles, they would observe corporate prayer three times a day. You see, they had a prayer service, not, not, not worship, not fellowship, not a Bible, Bible study. They got together three times a day for prayer. And, you know, we don't have that today. It's, it's hard to find a church that has prayer service once a day, every day. And, and, and to be honest up here, it's hard to find a church that gathers just for prayer once a week. There are some churches that don't even have prayer services because they can't get anybody to attend them. But I like it here because your pastor here has a 14-day of prayer challenge going on, and he knows how important corporate prayer is. But then I thought about this on a regular basis, and I just want to ask you a question. And this question, I'm not trying to point anybody out or pick on anyone, put anybody down, but the question is this. Do you have a regular routine of prayer in your life? Do you have a place where you go a special time of the day, every day, where you spend time with the Lord. If the church fathers back then saw the importance of corporate prayer, where they included it into their regular routine every day, three times a day, what about us? Do we even believe in prayer anymore? There was a story about a, a small town that had been historically dry, but then a local businessman, he he uh, decided to build a tavern. So a group of Christians, they got wind of this, and they, they were concerned, and they, they scheduled an all-night prayer meeting to, to ask God to intervene. So it just so happened shortly after that, this bar burned to the ground. And the owner of the bar, he sued the church because he thought their prayers were responsible for his, for his uh, uh, tavern burning to the ground. But the church hired a lawyer to say that the prayers weren't responsible for the man's church burning to the ground. So the presiding judge, after he reviewed all the evidence and everything, he stated this. He said that no matter how this case comes out, there is one thing that is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer and the Christians don't. <laughs> if your life doesn't have any power in it, try putting some prayer in there on a regular basis. So let's get back to the story. Luke tells us that one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And he doesn't write one day Peter and John were, were, were going out so they can do some miracles. He doesn't even say that when Peter and John woke up that morning that they knew that this day would be any different from any other day. From all evidence we see here, this was just an ordinary day. But today, 
We're going to see something here. We're going to see how God can work in an extraordinary way on an ordinary day with some ordinary folks. And as we go through this uh, text for this morning, I want to talk to you about a few things that I believe the Lord wants you to hear this morning. And the first thing that I believe that the Lord wants you to hear is to never give up hope. Amen. Ne- never give up hope. Church, you need to know that there is no situation greater than the, than the ability of our God. No matter how long you've been in that situation, I want you to know that God can deliver you from it. He can pick you up through it. He can lift you up. God can save your soul no matter how long you've been sinning. God is a healer. He can heal you from any sickness and any disease no matter how long you've been in that condition. Because our text tells us that this man was lame. He was crippled from birth. As long as he's been alive, he's been unable to take care of himself. To get from one place to the next, he has to have someone carry him. And in our text, it tells us about people carrying him to the temple just so he can go and ask for money. You see, he had been in this condition for for so long that he just came to the conclusion that, hey, this is just the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. And not only the beggar, but his friends and family that had to carry him to the temple every day. You see, they must have thought the same thing because this was their regular routine. But my my, my research here, I, I think this guy was around 40 years old. And that's a long time, 40 years old, right? I used to think 40 years old was a long time when I was young. But now since I've surpassed that, no. You see, nothing has happened during this, this 40 years that would give this man any reason to believe that this day was going to be different from any other day. He just thought, well, you know, I'll just get up and I'll, I'll go out and beg and get by another day and come on back home. But God, but God had other plans for this man. God was about to take this brother up a notch. God was about to put him in the path of Peter and John. And you know, God has a way of putting you in the right place at the right time. Amen. And this day was going to be different because God had decided to make a move in this man's life. So this man, he sees Peter and John coming to the temple and he, he asked them for money. But Peter looks at this man and he tells him, he says, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Bam. God takes this man's life up a notch. God used two ordinary men going about their regular routine to bring about an extraordinary miracle in this man's life. One minute this man is unable to walk, and he's, he, he, he's begging. The next, according to the text here, this brother is up, he's walking, and he's jumping, and he's running, and he's praising God. Now, wait a minute. I know skeptics. Now, wait a minute. You just told me this man doesn't know how to walk. He has never walked a day in his life. His muscles, they have no strength. 
His bones have no strength. He has no uh, eye-foot coordination to even know how to walk. So now you're going to sit up there, preacher, and tell me that this man is now up running and jumping and praising God. Well, yes, I am, because when God does anything, God doesn't come half-stepping with it. When God spoke, he does everything well. When he spoke this world into existence, he, he did it well. He did a great job because everything had everything it needed for existence. When God sent his son to save this world from the sin, it was great because everything it needed had to be done was done. And when, of course, when he made my wife, God was just showing off. That, that's enough embarrassment for today, John. You see, this man's healing, it was complete. It was complete. This man not only received muscle tone and, and strong bones to stand up, but he also received this eye and, and, and foot coordination so that he would know how to put one foot in front of the other to walk again. And he got to running and jumping and praising God. He was crippled for 40 years. Somebody needs to hear this. This man was crippled for 40 years, yet in due season. He was healed. There's somebody waiting on your season. And I'm telling you, a season is there. God is an on-time God. God doesn't do things our way. He does things his way. Your season is here. And you know what? For that, I think we ought to give God some praise up in here this morning. I don't know who it is, but somebody is in the right place at the right time right now. Amen. You need to hear what's being said this morning. Yes. You may need, need to even experience something that's going to happen today. And you might need to meet somebody that's here today. I believe God wants you to know that what he, can, what he did for others back then, he can still do for you today. Right. He can heal you too. He can deliver you too. He can restore your finances too. He can heal your marriage and he can make your house a home again. Praise God. Yes. But just don't give up hope on him. Hmm? Sometimes it seems like we're waiting too long and we start to give up hope on God. But I tell you, we serve in our own time, God. So keep the hope. Keep the hope. And the next thing that I want, want us to see is this. Is that God can bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Now you can tell I'm from this church, right? Yes. <laughs> you see, sometimes we can miss our blessing by looking for or at money. And sometimes we can miss our blessing by looking to stay, into, looking to stay in a situation longer than what we're supposed to be there. And in our text for today, this, this crippled man, his focus was on what? It was on money. He wanted a handout just to get by another day. He was looking for something to maintain his present condition. But the Bible shows us that God had something better in mind. God was about to give him something that was going to take him out of the suitable. See, sometimes we like to just stay in the suitable. 
God doesn't want us staying in the suitable. He was ready to take this man out of the suitable. God was ready to kick this man's life up a notch. He was going to give him more than he had ever hoped for in his life. So when Peter and John approached the gates called Beautiful, this beggar seen them and he said, hey, do you have any money? And he, he got their attention. Peter and John were going to pray. You know, they probably had become used to people begging at this entrance to the temple. So they weren't looking for anybody to bless right then. They were on their way to go in and pray that day. But today, this beggar got their attention. Now, while Peter and John were, were, were looking at him, Peter looks at him and he tells him, now look at us. Look at us. In other words, he's telling this beggar this. What we're about to do requires that you pay close attention. And what? He obeyed. And why do you think this beggar obeyed? Because he thought he was going to get some money. I think he thought he was going to get a whole lot of money or why else make a big deal about looking at you? Just, just drop the money in my hand and then go on in the temple and pray just like everybody else does. But why do I have to look at you? Why do you need me to look at you? Do you need me to see who's giving me this gift? But you know what? Okay, that's, that's fine. Okay, you've got my undivided attention. So now Peter's looking at him and he says, I don't have any money. Now I can imagine the look on this man's face when he told him, I don't have any money. He's got him all prepped up and he's thinking he's about to receive some money. But Peter says, I have no money. But, I like that but, but what I do have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then Peter reaches out his hand and he grabs his brother by the right hand and he helps him up. You see, church, sometimes we have to do more than just pray for somebody. Sometimes you need to get physically involved. You can pray that God feed the hungry, but it's even better when God uses you to feed the hungry. You know, I, I, you ever seen the commercials and, or the little... I don't know what those documentary type things are of the starving kids overseas and things. There was a time when I was watching that and I mean, oh, it just, it just hurt my heart of how these kids are, they don't know when they're going to eat, they're crying, flies are all over them. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm praying, I'm asking God, 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 why don't you, why don't you help them? Why don't you, why don't you feed them? And you know, God answered me through me because I said, because I want you to. Because God wants us to. He wants us to help the homeless. He wants us to feed the hungry. Hmm. You can pray for the naked. You can pray for the naked, but it's better if you would give the naked some of those clothes that have been sitting in your closet for years that you don't wear anymore. Huh? You know, I'm waiting on that size 28 waist again or that size 6, but I'll probably never see it again until Jesus comes back. But Peter, Peter, Peter he, he, he helped this brother up. He helped him up. This brother that was looking for a handout, he received a hand up. You see, he didn't get silver or gold, but he received movement in his feet. He was looking to just keep in his present level of existence. But God was kicking this man up a notch. 
He went from sitting to, to running and jumping. He went from begging to praising. He was made whole that day. And I need to tell somebody here today that your blessings are not always going to be financial. Don't we always look for financial blessings? Always. But they're not always going to be financial blessings. Sometimes your blessings might be just to have peace in the midst of a storm. That peace that transcends all understanding. Your blessing may be just to have strength in a time of weakness. It may be to, to have joy in spite of your situation. A joy that the world didn't give you and a joy that the world cannot take from you. It might be able to just sleep at night. To sleep at night and not worry about money. Because it's not worth losing any sleep. Because money is not everything. It's good, don't get me wrong. It's good to have. But money's not everything. Or why else do we see so many unhappy rich folks? Peter and John, they didn't have any money. They had something greater than money. They had something more than money. They had power. They had power to use the name of Jesus. They had power to act in the name of Jesus. Now, let me make something clear about this, these words here in the name of Jesus. They're not some kind of incantation of a magician, okay? These words are, are, are not something to be said when you want God to do what you want him to do. These words in the name of Jesus express a deep confidence in the presence and authority of Jesus Christ. It's doing things that are consistent with the will of Jesus. It's doing things that Jesus would do if he was physically here right now. Peter just didn't say, get up and walk. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Because Peter himself knew that he didn't have any power. His power came from Jesus. Peter and John, they had confidence in their risen Savior. Do we have confidence in our risen Savior this morning? This brother got more than what he was looking for. He didn't get any money. He was healed. He was healed and he was made whole. I mean, for 40 years, he was considered an outcast. He was considered an outcast, not allowed to go in the temple just because of his condition. You see, he was poor. He was lame. And these, these conditions qualified you back in that day to be an outcast. And because of all their spiritual pride, the Jews felt that he was blemished. He wasn't worthy. He wasn't fit for the house of God. But the good news, don't you love the good news? But the good news, the good news here is that he may have been an outcast of them self-righteous Jews, but he wasn't an outcast of God. Because the God that I know is a friend to the poor, the lame, and he is a, a healer. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to heal the sick and preach the good news to the poor. This brother now, he could go into the temple. He could go in and join in prayer because he's not crippled anymore. He's whole. He's an insider now. But before, 
I can imagine that guy sitting there watching everybody go by and wondering, boy, I wish I could go in. I wish I could go in the temple and, and pray with everybody else. But now, but now, this man is an insider. He's an insider. He could not only go into the church, but he went in that church walking and jumping and praising God. He made, you know what? He made so much noise that he got everybody's attention. He got everybody's attention in that prayer meeting. This brother had something to shout about. He was healed. He was made whole. Boy, that's something to shout about. And you know what? I believe God has got a blessing for someone here today. Something that is beyond your wildest dream. Somebody in here needs to be made whole this morning. God is going to put somebody in your path that is going to take your life to the next level. He's going to bless more than just your finances. He's going to bless that home, as I say, that was once wrecked, but it's now a home again. He's going to open some doors that some folks thought they closed forever. You might be looking to just uh, go back to where you were. You may be looking to hold on to what you have, but I'm telling you now that God wants you to raise your sights because if we're going to serve a great big God, then we need some, to ask for some great big blessings. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells us that eyes have not seen nor ears have heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Do you love the Lord in here this morning? You know this man that was crippled from birth, he's making all of this noise now. And all this noise, a crowd started gathering around. They wanted to see what was going on. They wanted a close, close look at this brother. This brother that had been, been, been crippled from birth is now interrupting their prayer service. Hmm. But you know what happens when a preacher sees a crowd though, right? He preaches Jesus. He preaches Jesus. So in our text, I get the idea here that, that God used this miracle to, to, to prepare the soil for planting. See, because people will listen when they see something happen that they thought was impossible. They'd seen this beggar sitting at this gate for years. They knew that this was the man who was crippled from birth. How is it now that he's up and he's, he's walking around? Oh, so now they're willing to listen to Peter. They're willing to listen to Peter for an explanation. So Peter preached Jesus to him. And when he preached, he preached about this last thing that I want to leave you with this morning. That all you will ever need is Jesus. All you will ever need is Jesus. So let's see what Peter told the folks in, in, in verse 9. It says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Salome's Colonnade. Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us 
as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned him, the holy and righteous one, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. And I really want you to listen and pay close attention to verse 16. Verse 16 says, by faith, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Peter said, people of Israel, why are you so amazed? You know, Jesus did this all the time when he walked with us. And I want to tell you something right now. We didn't heal this man. The Jesus that you rejected healed this man. The Jesus you killed, the same Jesus, is the same Jesus that this man's healing came through. But I want you to know something, that God's not mad at you because he knows that you did this out of ignorance. You know, every time I read that, I think of where I used to be. I used to be spiritually ignorant. Spiritually ignorant. And I think before we all know Jesus Christ, we were all spiritually ignorant. These folks were. But Peter says, God's not mad at you. He knows that you did this out of ignorance. God knew that Jesus was going to be rejected and crucified because it was prophesied long ago. But there is hope for you. Now what you need to do is turn from your sin and turn to God. You know this is the same for any one of us today who has rejected Jesus and chosen the world. You know, I, 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 know, that, I know the worldly way hasn't worked for you. And I know this all so well because God gives us a testimony for a reason. And I was there. We have this void. There's a void that we have in us that we're trying to fill that we can't fill. You can't seem to find just what you're looking for. And you've tried everything. You've, you, you, you've tried money and, and you've tried women and men. You've tried alcohol and drugs and, and collecting a whole lot of stuff. But nothing seems to work. Let me tell you this, that no human being or thing, no matter how great they are, can meet every need in your life. But there is somebody that can meet every need, and his name is Jesus Christ. Our law of faith says that Jesus is an all-sufficient Savior. He can meet every need in our lives. In him and with his help, we can face life and all the problems that come with it. Look, if he can heal this crippled man, don't you think he can handle your situation? Jesus took this man from being a begging outcast to being a, a praising insider. Folks, Jesus is not some dead savior. We don't just celebrate Jesus on Easter Sunday and then he go back to the grave on Monday. No, he is alive. He is alive and still doing what he does best. He still heals. He still makes a way. He's still a heart fixer and a mind changer. 
when the doctors and the nurses can't help you, Jesus is all that you need. You have him by your side when you need him the most because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you also through the valley of the shadow of death because he's the conqueror of death. You know what? As Christians, we don't have a whole lot of stuff. We don't, we're not rich in a whole lot of things. But there is one thing that we're rich in, and that's hope. Hope in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says for us to put our trust in him. Because he will forgive us of our past. He will guide us through our present. And he will give us hope for our future. Jesus is all that we need. To the lost, he's the way. To the dead, he is the life. If you're being lied on, Jesus is the truth. To the hungry, he is the bread of life and manna from heaven. To the thirsty, he is the living water. To the astronomer, he is the bright and morning star. To the animal lover, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. To the weary traveler, he is the good Samaritan. To the burned out, worn out, heavy laden, he is our burden bearer. To the builder, he is the chief cornerstone. To the world lost in sin, he is our savior. To the lonely, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you're in trouble, he's a lawyer in the courtroom. If you're sick, he's a doctor in the sick room. And if you don't know what you need, he's the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between that you need. He is what you need, when you need him, and how you need him. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. You know what? Jesus is all right. He's all right. Jesus deserves some praise in here this morning. Can you praise him right now? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, all I need is Jesus. wonderful counselor the mighty God Jesus my friend my strength in the time of weakness is all that I need Father God we thank you Lord that we have a hope in you thank you father that you are always watching over us and, and looking after us father lord we thank you that we don't have to go our own way and try to find our own thing but if we will just serve you and trust in you lord god that you said you will make our path straight 
Father God, I thank you for this message today, Lord, and I pray that ears would hear this this morning and hearts will receive this. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning, get to know him because it's awesome this Jesus that can save you this Jesus that can heal you from any sickness or disease this Jesus that can make your wayward family into a home again this Jesus that is all that you need is available and all you have to do is call on him so if you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life I'd like to just lead you in a, in, in a prayer to do so so if everyone could just bow your heads and repeat after me Lord Jesus forgive me of my sins come into my life be my Lord be my Savior for the rest of my life. Lord, thank you for the new life and the new beginning that I have through you, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you go about your day today, as you go about your week, I want you to think about this every time something isn't right you don't think it's right but Jesus is all that you need 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 who is all that you need amen 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 God bless you have a wonderful day Praise his name. You know, I could keep going, but we got to go. <laughs>